Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman, and it's time to bring the orange with one of our favorite guests on the Pure Report, Andrew Miller, our PSE out of the Southeast. Andrew, welcome back to the program. Yeah, I appreciate it. I've uh, enjoyed our conversations between the last time we recorded and now, and it's cool to chat in public again, too. Absolutely. Well, you know, you are always welcome, always a good wealth of information around interesting and relevant topics. And we are sort of revisiting one of them. We are going back a little bit on uh, on ransomware and uh, doing kind of a tales from the crypt. We hit this back in February. Are you going to do another one of your voices for this one? I mean, this is where I'm never sure if it's uh, if it, if it's me putting myself out there too much, but you know, I'll I'll, I'll give it a shot. And this is Let's where see. it always sounds better in the, in the shower when you do it. But maybe right. today, who knows? All right, all right. Ransomware tales from the crypt. It's that good uh, stutter part at the end that I like That's for that team. one. That's like good vocal choir training too, actually. Yeah, 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 exactly. So they're not lost, all that stuff, right. you know, so. Yeah, well, it makes sense to bring this one back. We are in the middle of October, which is Cybersecurity Month, and mm-hmm. so we want to revisit some of the things that we discussed earlier in the year with a really popular episode that we did around ransomware and kind of bring folks up to speed. Um, before we jump in, how are things going for you out there on the East Coast? I know soccer season is kind of ramping up. We got that going out here on the West Coast too. Any good news to report with the team? It, it, it is. So I've, I've, got, I've got twin boys and one of my sons, sons plays soccer. And it was actually interesting this last week, they had a game where the two best players weren't there. You know, this is rec league stuff, right? And it was actually fascinating because I think it was better for the team. Like they played more as a team when they didn't have the two most dominant players that make it actually easy for them to win a lot. So they feel good about that. But it was cool to see some of the team dynamics and passing and a little bit more balanced game. Even as we play some harder teams, it'll be great to have those two players back in the future. But it was- no, for sure, it's definitely always great to have the have the stars in the lineup. But you do uh, tend to see when they're not there, you see kind of more reliance on passing and teamwork and mm-hmm. positioning and all those mm-hmm. things. My 13 year old just started playing a few weeks ago. Rack, we're not to full games yet with all the conditions that we're under, but uh, he's having a blast just getting out in there and 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 running around and and getting some exercise and. Our baseball, uh, our baseball, we're not playing games, but we're getting some practices and some workouts and things in. So a little bit of normalcy for the kids is, uh, is a good thing. So it's good to, good to get that update. Well, let's, let's shift over to the ransomware topic. And again, blatant plug, if, if you haven't listened and you are a fan of this podcast or you're just experiencing this for, for one of the first times, one of our most popular episodes was when Andrew and I kind of went through the whole ransomware scenario and it was published back in the February timeframe. We will rehash on a few things today just to, to remind folks of, of some of the key areas, but uh, it, that was February. It's been, what, nine months, 10 months, right, since that time? And I think the, the theme is that this has not been slowing down for you and others at Pure, Andrew. It's, it's, it's still a hot, hot topic and the kind of things that, that you know, IT execs will perk up in a meeting when, when it gets presented and go, hold on, what what'd you just talk about there? What can you do? <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I present on this a lot of times, both this is like public events or online events, et cetera, and to customers and tabletop exercises. I mean, last week, like twice in one day and then a partner training later. So it's not slowing down. Yeah. 
and I'm on record for, for better or worse for several years. I can find some previous recordings of saying, you know, this isn't going to slow down the whole, like, if you asked me when I was a data center architect, is everything up to date and patched? Like, I don't like that question. It's extremely uncomfortable. So I'm not trying to take pot shots at anyone in the audience, but I've been there and that keeps being true. Mm. And so it's not just like a, a personal problem where maybe I need an intervention, intervention when I co-host this stuff with Jason Walker, one of my peers, he'll hold joke about, oh, Andrew just needs an intervention on this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a fascinating mix of technology, psychology, and finance personally. But I mean, I had, I had no, ideas five, no idea five years ago I'd still be talking about this topic. And I, th I think that the last thing I'll toss in there is that sometimes when I'm chatting with folks, they're like, hey, I want to learn more about this. This is even a little bit of maybe career coaching. Like, hey, I want to learn more about this space. It's bad and it's painful, but there's professional opportunity around cybersecurity, not our previous jokes about ransomware as a service kits in the last one, right? But that if you just literally make a saved search on Google and set it to email, you don't set it to email on, on the term ransomware. Yes. Uh, don't set it to email you every time there's a new hit because you'll get like 20 or 30 emails a day. Set it to a daily digest and then just cherry pick a couple stories and read them. And if you do that for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, you'll start to get a good feel for what's going on in the landscape. Yeah, the, uh, the, the marketer that works in this space on my team, guy named Roger Boss, he, he does that, right? And so he gets those daily polls and we sometimes look at those and it is astounding, you know, just the volume of, of those stories that come through. And yeah, definitely don't get the single email update for every story or your, your inbox will be awash in, uh, in those emails. But a daily digest and flip through and I think, you know, that's kind of the key theme is that, that we're always learning, right? We at Pure and also you know, the customers and the clients and the prospects that we're talking to and working with. And part of how we learn is to look at what happens and, and look at stories. So I know you capture stories, right? They're great to share and to, to help people learn from, you know, what to do, what not to do, or just what the situation is. Um, take us through a couple of stories. I'd love to hear one, one or two of the ones that you've culled in the last uh, nine months since we talked. And I think these really help visualize what's going on out there to help people understand, you know, what, what the actual situation when an attack occurs. I mean, there, there's stuff you see in the news, right? Yeah. And uh, even then, sometimes I try to be careful about those ones just because in some cases, those may be our customers and I don't want to be <laughs> challenging. They're like right, right. about certain ones that I know are our customers and we're helping. Or if someone's helping after the fact actually is, is, is common. But so, so let, let, let's actually take two. The, the first is a, a publicly traded 100-year-old company. I'm not going to say where it is because this is, again, not about making sure it's not identifiable at all. Yep. So uh, one morning back in, one morning, they actually, at 4 a.m., again, leaving out the dates, they got, uh, they found out they, they had been hit by ransomware. The global IT director was alerted and they pulled all network connectivity. Um, they actually saved, you know, 4% of the data. Uh, about nine minutes later, this is at 4.10 a.m., right? You know, the CEO, CIO, CFO were alerted. That same day, they get a notice they have 48 hours to pay the ransom. So this is like, you know, your kind of classic, classic freak out moment, right? right? Very painful. And in the middle of the night, too. You know. And it, it, think about waking those people up in the middle of the night. Rude, rude awakening for the execs there, yes. So then they, they started down the, the recovery path. Because again, we'll, we'll talk later about defense in depth. There should always be a defense in depth strategy. But once the attack gets through, we're in mitigation mode. So they tried to recover from snapshots. The attackers had actually gotten into the uh, storage array and deleted all the snapshots. They tried to fire up disaster recovery. The rep encrypted data had been replicated as well as you know replicas and snaps had been de deleted on the DR array. They tried to start recovering from backup. The attackers had actually gotten access into the backup repository and encrypted the backups. 
So they went to the storage of last resort, which is tape, which okay. is good in the yeah. sense it's separate, physically mm -hmm. separate. It's not good when we start to think about recovery speed. Yes. They saw that it was uh, about two and a half days to get one mission critical system back up. Um, and they actually found out the attackers as they were going both recovering and doing forensic analysis that actually been in the systems for, uh, for months and gotten admin credentials. Uh, the, the irony is here that we had actually been talking with them as pure mm. uh, before that, literally a month before and been told, we don't need to talk about ransomware. We're already protected. Now, I just want to be totally fair. You know, potentially, maybe the account team didn't say everything quite the way that the customer understood. I'm not bashing the account team. Maybe the customer yeah. didn't understand. You know, just yeah, yeah. there could be like sender receiver communication theory. What do you say? What do you hear? That kind of thing. But a month before, we've been talking with them about, hey, we, we have some unique capabilities. Yeah, we're good. We don't need it. No, okay, you're not going to be pushed push super hard. Um, they actually called us in three days later and said, hey, we see now what you do is unique. Uh, they have actually now become a pure customer because the statement was, this cannot happen again. Yeah. And I've heard that multiple times. Sometimes it's in the, this cannot happen again, meaning the, the company may go out of business. Or if not, it's this can't happen again because if it happens again on my watch as the IT director, CIO, whoever, um, I'm, I'm looking for another job, right? That kind of thing. And there's, there's no, not meant to be any threats to anyone listening in this. That's just the reality of, of an event that's painful. Well, it's interesting, you know, they have that perception that we're protected, we don't need to talk. I mean, it mm -hmm. seems like that may be something that, that happens kind of frequently. Um, but I, I don't know, what, how do we help, right? I mean, take it, take it forward, you know, what yeah. happened after that? Yeah, so, so, so in this case, what happened after that, I mean, they had to go back to tape to recover. Um, because if, if, if you, as the attack happens, uh, we start talking with them, as we've alluded to in the past, about a uh, flashblade system. They would go underneath their backups, and thanks to safe mode and other capabilities there, you have the ability to protect against an attacker who even has admin credentials all the way into the backup systems, the storage array, and even into where the backup data is stored, and make sure that you still have a copy of your data that's pre, that's before the encryption starts. And we're going to weave that theme as we go throughout the way. So just being very real, we couldn't make what they were doing right then less painful, but we could. they understood very clearly how Flashblade could have helped them if they'd had it in the scenario they just went through. At that point, you're not, you're not really selling. You're just, you're just educating about here's what it does. Wow, that fits. Right. But I, think, I, you know, I recall back to when we talked in February and you had, you had spoken at that time about how the attack vectors and, and what was being targeted was becoming a lot more intricate and a lot more in depth, right? And this is certainly a scenario where you're talking about you know, replicas, snaps, um, you know, backups. I mean, they, they got fully into everything. And thank goodness for a good old archive, right? Good old tape archive, like being kind of the, the, the last resort of something offsite, you know, sitting oh, in the but tape. there, at least. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? I mean, so kudos to, to that technology. But um, really, really see an example of the intricacy of, of how, you know, how deep these attacks can get, right? The things that they can, they can go after. Um, Really, really scary. Uh, what about story number two? What's, what's another yeah. one that, that revealed some interesting things for us? So this one is literally a little bit in progress, right? You know, yeah. at 2 a.m., the customer found they were hit by ransomware. They ordered the entire data cybersecurity team, good for them, DR team. Uh, 3 a.m., they realized that the attackers actually had access into vCenter and Microsoft encryption keys. 4 a.m., they start yanking cables, taking everything offline, at least trying to stop the encryption. And then at 6 a.m., they basically are still working on thinking about what do we do because they, they in this case, had a competitor storage array. I don't even get to say the competitor because I'm not, mm -hmm. not trying to take pot shots. But all the data there was encrypted. 
and they were actually looking at uh, the numbers that were being thrown initially were millions in operational revenue and the cost, because in this case, they actually worked with one of our data protection partners, again, leaving the name out, but they had to basically bring Microsoft consultants in, Microsoft forensic and security teams, as well as um, like crack engineers for the data protection vendor to basically come in when you're in the urgent mode, you have to do everything right the first time, get stuff back. So it wasn't even for them just revenue lost, some sizable consulting type things uh, based on the scenario that they were finding themselves in. So the, when you look at this goes back to when we talked about originally, it's not just the ransoms paid or not paid. Yes. It's that organizational financial reputational impact. And now this isn't even part of this story, but I've heard cases where folks at a personal level that they weren't involved in the attack mitigation. So it kind of wasn't their fault, if you will, but they're now looking at weeks of all nighters and sleepless nights and sleep in the office. And sometimes where there's just it team attrition, folks say like, like this isn't worth it to me. I can't do this with what's going on with my family. Um, they, they can find other jobs. So sometimes there's even just IT staff that end up resigning, not as like my fault, I'm out of here, but like, just like, I can't, uh, I, I, at a personal level, I can't deal with this. That, that even leads into the, the personal level. And this is the last one to put in, but super respectfully in Germany, we had what we believe is the first death tied to a ransomware attack. You know, so this is public, like um, there was an AP news article and a bunch of other ones about it. You know, there was a, a lady who was uh, supposed to be taken via emergency services, ambulance to a hospital. They couldn't take her to the one that she would normally have been taken to uh, due to it being hit by a ransomware attack. So they had to take her to a different hospital. And the impact was doctors weren't able to start treating her for an hour. And during that time, she died. Um, so in this case, not, I don't want to, I'm sure there's, it's in Germany. So the equivalent of HIPAA, you know, over there from a privacy, they can't yeah. say too much, but it was made very clear that while well, who knows what might have happened if she'd been able to go to the closer hospital, that hour delay going to a further hospital was a factor in, in her death very, very sadly. So yeah. this is where it, it's getting more real in, in pretty crazy ways. Well, and it's, it's not limited to any industry either. You know, perhaps no. it started out and there were certain targets that made more sense or were, were easy to go after. And I think, again, you set up that, that daily Google News search and you'll see that there, there is no... <laughs> Right. There is no, there is no limitation. It's, it's, you know, it's hospitals, it's school systems, it's, it's government entities. And of course, you know, public and private, you know, privately traded corporations. And even, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's, it's necessarily limited to large. I, I, you know, there's also really small companies that get hit with this because, you know, why not? You know, the criminals are going to go where they can get any money and they can shut down eight person shops. They can shut down 80,000 person shops, you know. Um, okay, so let's, let's shift on. I, I, you know, folks may or may not go back and listen to what we did in, in February and that's fine. <laughs> but I, I, I do love when you talk about, you know, your, your view on the anatomy of attack and kind of what, you know, what's the, the, the day zero and where do we go forward from there? Just to give people an idea of, of the typical timing, um, you know, what, what happens? Yeah, so there, there's a couple of key items that I, and I appreciate the, the kind of willingness to kind of recap the main ones. And, and hopefully people will go back and listen to the previous one. You know, I've had lots of good feedback on it, fortunately. Right. It makes me feel good, right? But we, we kept it engaging and back and forth. So anatomy of attack. So there's like kind of key, three key items here. The first is the anatomy of attack. So in general, average attack length is anywhere from 200 days in 2018 to 50 days on average in 2019. Those numbers might be a little bit mushy because you know, no one wants to report this stuff, but it's, that they're not, it's not encrypted right away. It's in for a while. Yeah. During that time, they're trying to basically do 
kind of from whenever an attacker gets in, day zero, if you will, they get in. Uh, for, you know, 50 to 200 days, they're finding critical applications, data, accounts, and files, so they can get, hopefully, the holy grail all the way down to admin credentials, credentials to the systems that you will use to mitigate the attack. Mm-hmm. Kind of maybe on kind of, if we look from an attack standpoint, maybe on kind of day T minus one, day before they start encrypting data, then they go in and, and break ba- uh, backups, erase snapshots, basically remove the methods that you could use to avoid paying a ransom and to recover quickly. Then they start encrypting, then they ask for ransom. And, and so the, the key point there comes in sometimes is, okay, how far do I need to go back? Well, I mean, potentially a while, but from an encryption standpoint, the critical piece there is that I need to have my data in a way that I know won't be encrypted as of right before the attack start or right before the encryption is executed. Because really, when you execute the encryption, you know pretty quickly, hours a day that it's happening. So this is where we talk about, you know, going back three days or seven days or 14 days. I'm always cautious about that recommendation, but we literally had a hospital. This is actually a public blog post on the Pure site hospital that literally had just a couple days of uh, snapshots on flash array and that was sufficient fortunately for them to cover out of a ransomware attack obviously we can do more but that was what they had and it truly worked in real life it's kind of a your mileage may vary right in terms of what you're comfortable with or what you need and it's you know business conditions and what type of business you're in if there's Mm -hmm. regulations and things like that but it certainly does skew and and make you kind of reevaluate the recovery point objective you know, relative to the timing of, of, you know, when the, when the attackers start to, you know, do the encryption and take everything over. I think it is interesting that they're taking everything over, right? It's not just, you know, little pieces. It's, 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 you know, something that's boring in and then looking for every possible area, right. Taking it over and then waiting until they have it all. And then saying, all right, you know, here's how much it's going to cost for us to, to release it for you. Um, uh, so, you know, and then the big question is always going to be, how do you defend, right? There's things that you can do prior, right? I mean, a lot of times we're talking about how do you recover, yeah. but yeah. I think more people and back to your, you know, your, your, uh, you know, real world examples is they would probably want to know, okay, you know, we don't want to burn our staff out. Can we do things before the attack so that we don't have to deal with the issue? So this is where it's a security conversation should always be defense in depth discussion. We often focus as pure on that last layer, the last line of defense, because that's where we can help. But I hope you're not at that last line of defense every day. It's not good for you. It's not good for us. Right. So usually in this case, I'll I'll walk through one, making sure to think about um, operational overhead of the layers before the attack. You get too many layers. Mm -hmm. You may not be able to keep up with them. Maybe a kind of the barking Schwaba issue. You just ignore it because it's like there's so many alerts. You got to be careful about that. Yeah, but the um, but the, so first is before the attack from a human standpoint. This is about education and training departments and open open that email, or, or enable macros. If I get an email from Charlie Giancarlo who emails me personally, I don't know, just about never. He's a pure CEO for those listening, you know, yeah. kind of thing. But uh, you know, for, to a personal email, I should be careful. Next, before the attack from a technical standpoint, this is where a good value-added reseller, solutions integrator, security partner can be so invaluable because antivirus, patching, filtering, IDS, IPS, there's so much in this space. It's a huge space. Separating out the signal from the noise is where a partner can help you dramatically. This is where you can stop a lot of those attacks. And then, of course, you know, financial before the attack from a financial standpoint. I think I even have something new from last time here, Rob, is that there is, of course, the aspect where insurance companies are in the business of writing policies, not paying 
claims. That's just, that's a business, right? We expect that. But so there may be uh, caveats there where you have to have systems update or patch at the time, as of the time of the attack, make sure to read the fine print there. But also there, I've heard about cybersecurity insurance vendors that actually maintain lists of vendors or products that help during the recovery phase that they vetted. Hmm. Actually a good alignment of incentives there. You know, it's in their best interest to have vetted things that would help you recover more quickly and more reliably. And then they will be more amenable potentially to helping you from a claim standpoint or otherwise, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and then of course, the last one there is uh, number four is after the attack technical, which is data protection. We'll keep talking about that as we go along the way. But I, I really like to make sure that people don't get targeted into just where pure helps because this should be a larger conversation, which I believe we have some unique capabilities, but please don't just do the, the data protection layer to the other layers too, right? You, you should be focusing on those areas. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you start with education for a good reason, right? I mean, there's, there's probably a lot of misperceptions about what's out there or, you know, just lack of knowledge or even ignorance, you know, again, that, that attitude from before we're like, yeah, we're protected, you know, we're good. We don't need it. Well, you know, are you really, um, and I'm a big fan of the patching one, right? I used to work for a giant company where, you know, we had our, we had our own operating system and, you know, you'd go into places and, and ask about patch levels and security and, you know, you get that kind of cringy response that was like, well, like question. we're a couple revs behind, you know, we're, you know, I'm like, oh boy. And then, then, you know, and then we would look every year at where the security, you know, security attacks would come and there was a really high percentage that would come mainly as a result of not having, you know, the operating system, you know, patched and updated, which was frustrating, right? Because our engineers are doing the work. It's hard uh, work to put them in though, too. It takes yeah. time and downage yeah. windows and all that kind of stuff. What about, um, what about leadership perspective, right? I mean, we mentioned before, right? This is something that gets, that gets IT leaders to kind of perk up when it comes mm -hmm. to, you know, comes up in meetings or when you're presenting, you know, about pure or just, or just, you know, in general, all of a sudden they go, whoa, whoa, stop. I went, you know, what, what do they need to do? What, what's some guidance for, for leaders in this space. So what's interesting there is that um, both for myself and some other folks that I work with in Pure, at times we'll be doing portfolio overviews where you're trying to talk about what Pure does, but not just talk about the products, talk about themes. And this is, this is actually where I should allude back to modern data experience. I'm often talking about it in those terms. And sometimes I talk about, you know, platforms that are great from a bandwidth perspective, such as Flashblade. And I'll just throw out a little teaser, you know, 30 seconds of like, hey, this actually has some unique capabilities from a ransom, unique ransomware attack mitigation capabilities. I've had multiple times, some of my peers as well, where you're doing this and the, that is literally the only thing that the CIO seems to pay attention to or perk up at when you're in the room. He's like, whoop, whoop, stop, stop. Because this is where it's jumped from being just an IT problem to an executive problem. It's board level awareness, the whole, uh, the whole level that, you know, frankly, even at a CIO level, folks often realize the inefficiency of the modern data center. Just we were talking about so many moving parts and pieces to keep up to date and patched. So I'm going to be in mitigation phase periodically. And this isn't even just anecdotal, like you see it and you're like, I'm going to put that teaser in because maybe they'll be interested. But uh, from a Gartner standpoint, I'm also careful when I say the words digital transformation. You know, yeah. as soon as I say that, maybe someone's going to throw something that through the microphone or the speaker here. Because uh, for some people, digital transformation is real projects tied to it. For other folks, it's like, oh, that's the buzzword of the day. Oh, okay, okay. But whatever it is, there was this fascinating Gartner survey about, you know, digital transformation technology investment priorities, like where are you spending your money? And number two, far and away, only behind business intelligence, which is to me like, that's business, that's like digital transformation. Number two was cyber information security easily. And whatever I think digital transformation is, it's, it's not cyber information security. But this is where, to me, it was, it was a, both kind of a general data point to confirm the anecdotes of this is an executive and board level focus 
and they know they have a they have a challenge there. Yeah, and survey wise, it's not that far off of the data analytics and and BI, and and actually ranks ahead of, you know, ahead of things you would assume would be higher up on on the priority list, like you know, cloud improvement or AI, ML. Those are big buzzwords. <laughs> yeah, AI, automation, mobile. I mean, those those are half in in terms of the response. So you know, we know we know this is. This is something that's relevant and, and hot right now. Well, and that's why we're talking about it, right? Um, so let's get to the meat then. What, um, what have we learned, right? Because we've been looking at this for quite a while. And, um, and then we'll, we'll shift just to preview for folks, kind of preview is we're actually going to go into, you know, what are the five most common things that we get asked by customers, which is, which is a great one because you can actually, you know, hear how, how Andrew and others at, at Pure would respond. But what, what have we learned? What, what's, what are the key things that have positioned what we are looking at doing in this space, how we're paying attention to it, why we're talking about it? So, so what's interesting there is that we, we know, and if you've been in IT for a while, you appreciate, hopefully, people that don't come in and just say, here's my product. They understand yep. the space. They understand the application. And this way, ransomware is maybe an odd version of an application, but it's in the security space. So, so we, we know this, right? I knew this as a customer. I know this in what I do now. But that's actually hard, right? So sometimes folks jump to, like, here's our capabilities, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And if you just do that, if you just, you know, say what we do, um, sometimes, frankly, that can actually sound kind of simple. What we actually do in this space is pretty conceptually simple. You know, you could just say, we have great snapshots, they're immutable, yeah. and then we can prevent deletion of them and, and maintain them for various ways. That doesn't sound super impressive. But if you say attacks are 50 to 200 days and attackers sometimes get all the way down to deleting backups and erasing snapshots and you can only go back to tape and it replicates over to a remote site, those are hard challenges to solve for. And ironically, sometimes we solve for them in a very simple way. So we've sometimes had coaching with account teams and discussions where it's like, hey, we told them what we do and the customer wasn't very impressed. It's like, well, actually, because in some ways we, what we do is simple, but what we solve for, that's really hard. Yeah. And then it also comes into, there's kind of this trifective capabilities I like to talk about. I think we talked about that on the last one, you know, yeah. that there's this, it's this combination of capabilities that is what makes Pure unique in this space. Some of this is on the flash ray side, but also on the flash blade side, you know. So before the attack, that's it's part one, you know, it's very simple to implement. You don't have to rip and replace to get you know, benefits. During the attack, you've got protection, you know, immutability plus safe mode, you know. So even if there's been admin compromise, you're protected. And then after the attack, the unmatched recovery speed, whether that's just rolling snapshots back on flash ray, nothing's faster than moving metadata around, yep. or the crazy throughput that you get from FlashBlade. So that, that trifecta, those three things, in some cases we'll see where other solutions may have one of those, but not all of them. And all three of them matter together combined in the event of a ransomware attack. So it's, it's been this interesting, as we know, whether it's, um, I mean, and, and you explore a lot of this, whether it's Splunk or Elk or, or VCF, all these different themes where to go and have a good conversation with the customer, it takes some education and learning and time. And sometimes you, you go to a customer and you just haven't had time to do that yet. Mm -hmm. And so you take your best shot and then you're like, ooh, this is a topic I really need to learn about before I say too much or else it, it might backfire on me. So that, that's been some of the kind of like the, the practical lessons that we've learned inside Pure. Yeah, well, and you got it's it's a spectrum, right? I mean, the before, during, and after. I mean, I think the after is something we've always touted, right? I mean, Flashblade's always been very good at at crazy, crazy fast, uh, you know, restore speeds, which is great. And all we've done is kind of augment that on, right, with some things that can, you know, that can add benefits during the attack. And 
and certainly the, the simplicity that we have in, in getting set up is something that often is very um, eye-opening, right? For, you don't have to rip and replace to get yeah. some of the benefits. Which is yeah, powerful. yeah. And we plug in with existing backups, right? So, I mean, that's the other, you know, there's a really great alliance partner ecosystem with all the backup partners that are out there. And, you know, we're, we're quite agnostic to that and we can typically plug in so it's not very disruptive, which is, uh, which is a great thing. All right. <laughs> I am curious and I know, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, you want to add? I, I, I wanted to make sure here to say a personal thank you too, because I've actually sent our previous podcast and hopefully it hasn't been like, it hasn't like juiced the numbers kind of thing, but ah, right. I've actually sent our previous podcast, a good number of folks inside pure of, Hey, you want to learn about the landscape and the underlying factors and Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and ransomware service kits. Hey, this is audio only go listen to the first 20, 30 minutes of this. Maybe you already know what pure does, but listen to the landscape section. So this is a, a little bit of a plug for anyone listening to this, but also like it's been practically useful inside pure to help people ramp up. So thank you. Yeah. Well, I, I'm always happy to get you out here. Um, I am really curious, and we've had people on the hook now for a little bit, because this is, uh, we talked before, this is the rubber meets the road part, right? Mm -hmm. This is, mm -hmm. all right, we're having a discussion with, you know, with prospect or existing customer or client, whatnot. And all right, they go, that sounds good before, during, after I, I buy in. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, the reality hits, right? They have to take a look at their data center landscape, what products that are there, what different vendor relationships, mm -hmm. and that's all that's all goodness, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're problem solvers, right? That's particularly your role in the PSE world um, as problem solvers, but what are those common, <clears throat> common types of questions that you get, which are productive, right? They're not gotchas and they're not, they're not challenges. They're just, all right, I'm trying to work with you to figure this out. These are real things that we need to go try to solve. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and actually sometimes those questions I get, um, <clears throat> I'll both get from customers as well as I'll get from folks inside pure that are trying to make sure like, you know, I'm, I want to make sure that I have like, I know the first level answer. And then if they ask this, I've got the second and third answers down. So I, I think there's probably five, five key things there. And I'll, I'll try and pause for breath in case you want to interject as I go. Yeah. The, the first one is around the concept of immutability and the claims around that in the space from various various other products. And some of them are companies that we partner with. So maybe, I've, hey, I've already got immutable snapshots or backups in another product, or maybe it's immutable off in the cloud. Okay, so the two key items there are one, immutable data is only as good as the backup target. So maybe say the data protection layer is immutable, but it's writing data to somewhere else, maybe a purpose-built backup appliance kind of thing that's not immutable. So that's a very simple one, as well as if you get your immutability even to the point of admin compromise, uh, admin compromise, but it has to be out in the cloud, not knocking our cloud partners, but there's a vast difference in speed of restore in that scenario. Like I, I got immutability, but I traded off the speed of restore. So this is where we come back ironically to referencing the trifecta or pieces of it that the speed of restore and immutability all the way down to where the data is stored. So number two, do get folks sometimes where they've been working in the space for a while and, uh, and they don't want to make changes to their backup environment. And sometimes for good reason, because there's a lot of moving parts and pieces here. You start to play with things and something else breaks. You're like, it's working. I don't, I'm not just going to randomly make changes. The, 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 the unfortunate reality is that the requirements that are coming up, the whole, like, can you restore 50% of your data center really fast for backups? That wasn't a requirement several years ago yeah. kind of thing. So yeah. in that case, say, hey, it's, I'm not going to tell you it's no change to your backup environment but it's limited and we can integrate better than other options. You don't have to rip and replace. We can work together with a lot of backup backup partners. We've seen stuff with uh, Veritas, with Veeam, with Commvault, with Cohesity. There's a whole range of reference architectures and capabilities out there. So that it's a lighter touch to be able to satisfy new, hard to satisfy requirements for the business. 
Third, what about regulatory compliance? Worm and SEC 17A4 and or 4A. I get it backwards. So whichever way you like it, that kind of thing, right? You know, that regulatory compliance. Uh, the main comment in this space is that when you look at those capabilities, often they are not, uh, they are they are focused around regulatory compliance. But when you get into the scenario where you have to recover massive amounts of data really fast, the solutions that help you in that regulatory compliance space don't actually help you in a ransomware attack mitigation space. Um, they're more maybe at tape speeds or at, at disk speeds, if you will, versus flash speeds and what Flashblade can do. Mm -hmm. So I never want to downplay someone who's trying to think through this, but they're, they're just two separate spaces that sometimes people conflate a little bit or other vendors that don't have the speed of restore that we do. Frankly, they like to conflate those things and say, oh, it needs to be worm. It's just not very fast, but that's all you can do here. It's like, no, there's more you can do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number four. Sometimes folks would say, hey, I can already restore data pretty fast, you know, maybe seconds or minutes. Usually when we dig into this, you know, politely, it's that they can bring back a virtual machine or two or a couple files. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm great right. that you tuned with live mount or other capabilities to do that. But once you go into restore 25, 50% of the data center, most of these solutions, you fall down to disk speeds versus flash speeds. I know someone where they were looking at 60 plus days to restore their data center out of a competitive solution that was disk-based. It wasn't even a bad solution. You know, there was deduplication and other stuff going on. Uh, last but not least, number five, you said 200 days is the average attack length. Do I need to go back that far for my backups? And maybe on Flashblade? And of course, the subtext there is like, I don't know if I can afford that. It would be great if I could. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's a, lot. a little bit of cost that comes with that length. <laughs> yep. And, and, and that's where we go back into the anatomy of an attack and assessing how the, the key point there, I never want to give you an absolute number, but I'll make sure you understand the formula and the anatomy of an attack that you need to have your backups in a pre-encrypted state uh, before the point of encryption, which is usually kind of T minus one, T minus two, and then you go back somewhat further than that. You may have to look back 50 to 200 days to knock out rootkits and password compromises and that kind of stuff. But the unencrypted backups, that's usually a couple of days, a week or two, et cetera. So those are the most common ones. And usually, especially when people are asking them as like honest, thoughtful questions, they're really fun things to discuss and, and encourage that. It's like, hey, you're thinking through it. That's awesome. Let, let's talk about that. Well, and that feeds back into what we do and what we look at relative to, you know, the product development. I mean, since last time we talked, we've evolved some features and expanded into, you know, into other product areas. So, you know, you get to speak about that news, which is great. But, uh, you know, that's how, only how we make the solution better is by, you know, getting these really challenging, uh, you know, productively challenging questions. And we'll say they're, <laughs> yeah. they're not confrontational. They're, they're very much in the spirit of we want to work together to solve something. And every now and then they are, but you know, you, t you always try to take it out constructively and have a, have a fun conversation. And usually, usually it is that way. Yeah. Well, it's a super, super um, fun space. And it was, it was a blast to, to have you on again. I think, you know, your whole mantra is, you know, we're just trying to educate here. Right. I mean, you know, if this is a solution that works for folks, then great. Let's, let's have a conversation. I always kind of go back to the, I go back to the, uh, the, the promo, what was that NBC where they always had those commercial break things that did the more, you know, you know, the public service <laughs> announcement and it flashed up the yeah. little, the little star with the, with the, with the starburst thing. And it was like, ding, ding, the more, you know, right. I mean, that's really yeah. what we're trying to do here is the more, you know. Uh, this is where I mean the goal, and hopefully, if you've seen me present or you listen to the previous podcast, or even a lot of what you've been doing, what you do on Pure Report, I mean, the goal here is to educate. And if we educate well enough, we believe we have things that fit. Um, I, I like to think that I don't really sell. I help educate about stuff that I believe we can help you with and, and not be too pushy about it. Sometimes I got to be a little pushy if it's not getting through, but the goal is really to help educate because as, as we do that, 
it becomes clear where we have uniquely impactful ways to help our customers. Yeah, and to diagnose, you know, we just, uh, I mean, just recent news that we've we've kind of pushed out a ransomware assessment tool, yes. which is kind of a fun. Have you had any experience with that one? Have you have you looked at that one? I have, I have, and and some I, I like the questions there because ironically, some of those questions are the flip side positive statements of the customer comments that that we just yeah. ended with. Right? Yeah. We need to even plan that out. That's how it works. It worked out. Well, that's great. And I know that's all an evolution from a lot of the work that you and, and many others have tirelessly been doing in this space. So, you know, kudos to the to the Flashblade engineering team and to, to you and the other, you know, technical resources that are out in the field that are uh, engaging well. in these in these productive conversations, right? Again, it's it's not a it's not a sell, it's it's just to educate and see how and where we can help because ultimately if we, we can go provide the trifecta to somebody and <laughs> prevent one of these things or help them recover quickly then uh, then we've done our job and that's really what uh, what pr providing great solutions all about i think in terms of where to go there's a lot of really great current things to read more on that are on pure storage's new and redesigned uh blog yes. site so if you go to blog.purestorage.com and do a search on uh, ransomware you will get the latest and greatest including a, uh, a recent blog around our ransomware assessment tool that uh, my own uh, guy, Roger Boss, put out um, just recently. But a lot of great stuff in that space. Anything else that you want to plug, Mr. Miller? I think I would say please never hesitate to reach out. I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter, intermittently active. Always love these kind of conversations. And uh, I'm hoping that someday I may not talk about this as much, but uh, the underlying factors that we discussed back in February, and even for years now, haven't unfortunately haven't changed. We're continuing to grapple in the industry with how to deal with this. So that's where I like seeing how we keep investing as pure. And even there's new capabilities we have from eight months ago, 10 months ago, and there's, there's more that are coming down the pike too. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do this again in six months. Seems like it's still hot and relevant <laughs> and we'll bring you back and maybe do some more stories and challenge you to come up with another fancy uh, voiceover. <laughs> You're too kind. Too kind. Ah, yeah. And thank you for listening to our special Cybersecurity Month podcast around ransomware. Uh, thanks for telling a colleague, telling a friend, and uh, keep sending in the suggestions. And we will bring great guests like Andrew Miller on to the program. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap for Pure Storage. And Andrew Miller, this is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back, something might be gaining on you.